Well, it's that time of year again. We are sitting right on the cusp of playoff time and the Seahawks are right in the mix, just as we're used to seeing. What's going on, Seahawk fans? This is Rob English, your SoCal Seahawk, and thank you for tuning in to Short Yardage. It has been a while. It's been a minute since I have uh, been on here, since I've reached out to you all, uh, but I'm back. Just been a lot going on. You know, uh, life has a way of happening, and it just... uh, hasn't afforded me the time to uh, sit back and record these podcasts and and get them all edited and, and, and set up for you guys. Two kids and work and everything else. It gets taxing. But never too busy to stay on top of the Seahawks, uh, which I have this year. And what a year it's been so far. Um, and, and and forgive me ahead of time here. I'm just getting over a bug. I've been a little under the weather uh, last week or so, so my voice is a little, a little abnormal at this point. But um, what seemed to be well, before I go in, well, I guess let me let me figure out how I want to attack this. What seemed to be a continuation of of a, of, of poor play um, by our Seahawk team. Um, has now turned into what looks like, um, dare I even say, um, you know, a play that's reminiscent of the Seahawks we all know and love, the, Seah- the Seahawks we all enjoy. Um, last year was a down year for us. Uh, we missed the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Uh, we started off, we drop a few games, a couple games, the first, uh, a couple weeks of this season and people lose faith. I tell you, I am, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I am just sick of the, the Seahawk fan. And I, what I, what I mean by that is the, the, the bad Seahawk fan. I, I have said in previous podcasts that I will never um, go so far as to call someone a fake fan, but there are bad fans. And I, I tend to believe that the bad fans are probably the newer fans. Um, I mean, I've been a Seahawk fan effectively all of my life. And um, I know that there's lots of new fans. I, I know I'm 35 years old and I know people that I've grown up with since I was 13 years old that I know did not, were not, have not been Seattle Seahawks fans, but are supposedly diehard fans now. (laughs) But, you know, I never would call someone out per se um, for when they decide to become a fan uh, because everybody has to decide one day and that's when they decide you can't decide yesterday you can only decide today or tomorrow you can never you cannot you can't do anything yesterday so i'll never say that someone is a uh, a fake fan um because they decided they were going to be a seahawk fan after two, after 2012 
because you, you have to decide at one point or another. Well, you can't you can tell somebody they can never be a fan because they weren't a fan already. Um, but per my, you know, per per my um, my calculation or my, you know, what I've noticed is since 2012, we've enjoyed a lot of success. But still a relatively short period of time if you look through you look throughout the, the timeline of the the life of the Seahawks Seattle Seahawks franchise. Or even just as long as I've been a fan. I mean I was there, you know, I, I was there the later stages of Dave Craig's career. I was there for Kurt Warner and uh, Chris Warren, John L. Williams, Eugene Robinson, um, you know, Sam Adams, Cortez Kennedy. I was there for, you know, during that that stage. Um and here I am still for this stage. But it would seem that with the Seahawks recent decline, and you have to consider the, the, the decline starting with the Super Bowl, Super Bowl against the um, New England Patriots. It's been a slow but steady downward trend. And I don't understand why there are so many just venomous uh, Seattle fans, you know, when it comes to the, um, you know, the, the, the state of the, the state of the team. I mean, go back to last season or any of the seasons since, <laughs> frankly, frankly, since the New England Super Bowl. I I hear I see, um, you know, comments that Pete Carroll needs to be done in Seattle. John Schneider needs to be done in Seattle. Um, you know, Daryl Bevel needs to be done in Seattle. No, I've always contended like folks. These very same people whose jobs you are calling for. Are the are the people who have brought your team into the, the the literally the greatest period that you've ever seen for this team and that the franchise has ever seen, period. There isn't a single person alive on this planet who has seen a better Seahawk team than the one we have just previously had. And I and I'm saying, you know, before the 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 exodus of players that we've had, you know, going into this season. Um, but this is let's just say three years ago, because they were talking about it three years ago. Three years ago, we were not in the Super Bowl. And three years ago, we were hearing. That. So and so needs to lose their job. And I just, I find that to be amazing. Last year, calling for jobs. Now, Daryl Bevel finally got the ax. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I 100% agree with it. Um, because I have always been a Daryl Bevel apologist. I've always been a Daryl Bevel apologist. Um, I swayed more toward... <laughs> I started to sway more toward get rid of Daryl Bevel uh, at the end of last season, but I never 
you know, was walking around with a with an axe or a hatchet in my hand looking for his neck, like a lot of these people were. The team enjoyed a very good, strong, long history making run of success. And sometimes after a while, always the wave breaks and rolls back. And the mark of good teams are the ones who can fall back and surge again. Some teams fall back and never, ever surge again, never find a way to surge again. And some teams do. And that's the mark of the great teams. You know, for example, the New England Patriots. That is that you if you want to look up great NFL teams in the book, the picture will be a New England Patriots logo. That is the quintessential uh, symbol of sustained success in the NFL. So this is Seattle's chance to to step into that realm. You must remember we only missed the playoffs once. That's last season. We haven't gone. It's not like we've gone even multiple seasons missing the playoffs. I kept telling you guys trust in the pro- in the process, trust in the, in the, in the front office, trust in Pete Carroll, John Snyder. They know what they're doing. Now here we are again this season. A slow start just like we always do. Even when we've been that team that we all miss, we were slow starting. So here we are again, we drop a couple early. We're a team, we have been a team struggling to find its identity. We've been we've been in flux. But just true to form, True to form, we're figuring it out right about the right time into November, into December when it counts. And look at us. We have the, the, the best rushing offense in football. Now, ask yourself, honestly, if ever you thought the Seattle Seahawks were going to have the best rushing attack in the NFL anytime soon, especially considering the last few years. But even let's just say after the exit of of Marshawn Lynch, even with Thomas Rawls, who appeared to be poised to be the next best thing to Marshawn Lynch, did you? no matter how good Thomas Rawls ended up being, you never really thought we were going to put up Marshawn Lynch numbers. You never thought that. You never thought that our running game was going to be that strong with Thomas Rawls, even though we were all, including myself, were all about some Thomas Rawls. I know I was. As a rookie, Thomas Rawls should have led the league in rushing if he hadn't broken his leg or his ankle or his knee or whatever. Well, I think it was his leg uh, or ankle uh, against Baltimore that season. His per carry average was through the roof. He would have he he could have he could have been rookie of the year, but he got hurt. Unfortunately, Thomas Rawls never really came back. That that Thomas Rawls that was carted off the field in Baltimore um, never came back. Never came back. That guy, the guy we got back was not that same dude. 
which is unfortunate. And then we have the merry-go-round of running backs that have gone through our system since then, and it hasn't been pretty. Now, I've been telling everybody, I mean, I I, I know I sound like a know-it-all when I say this, but I've been telling everyone, I told everyone, it didn't matter who we were putting back there to run the ball. It didn't matter whether it was Eddie Lacy or Thomas Rawls or now Mike Davis or 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 JD McKissick or you know Chris Carson. It wouldn't matter if it was you or I back there running the ball. There was not going to be any production in the running game until the offensive line learned how to block for it. That's it. That's it. Not a single one of you knew that Chris Carson was going to appear to be the beast that he is, even though Chris Carson showed flashes of, of greatness, or I'll just say goodness. He had that game. I think he got hurt in that game against Indianapolis last year. So I was like, oh, here we go again. As soon as somebody, somebody looks like they're good, they get hurt. You didn't really know that Chris Carson was going to do this. Mike Davis is good. But none of the guys looked that great until the offensive line got their stuff together. The offensive line has their stuff together, and now we're doing it. And we're pass blocking now as of the, as of the latter part of this uh, season, the second half of this season. Remember, even our Super Bowl teams were not great pass blockers. But they were amazing run blockers you, everyone wants to tell say not and i'm i don't want to segue into the another conversation but you know everyone no one no one is giving russell wilson his his his, his due credit because marshawn lynch was there running over everybody and causing earthquakes but as good as marshawn lynch was is whatever you want to say that offensive line set him up they set him up, and then he took it and ran with it and did amazing things, but they set him up. What's Marshawn Lynch doing in Oakland? Not a lot. Not a lot. So, um, look at the team. We've been running over everyone. The running game is back. Russell Wilson is throwing the football well. He's getting time in the pocket. He still runs for his life a lot, but he's getting time in the pocket now. And when Russell has time in the pocket, he's as good as any other quarterback out there. He's as good as the Brady's and the Rodgers uh, in the pocket with time. You can accept it or you cannot accept it, but that's what it is. We got a big game on Monday night. The Minnesota Vikings um, coming into the clink. And oh boy. It seems like we it seems like we always end up having one of those games late in the season that will will, you know, has the potential to make or break the year, make or break the season, and this is it, I think. Um to win this game will all but stamp the ticket to the playoffs. I mean, it, it'll, if we win this game on Monday, it'll be harder for us to not make it than to make it. 
considering the the lineup uh, of opponents going through the rest of the season. After Monday, we go back to San Francisco. Back Well, we go to San Francisco to play them again. We got Kansas City. We got Arizona. Uh, there, I mean, and, and if you just look at those four teams, Minnesota, San Francisco, Kansas City, Arizona, in light of all that's going on now, we really do have a, a shot at winning out. We have a shot at winning out. Now, the Minnesota game, Minnesota's going to come to the table with a pass rush that's going to be um, poised to go after Russell Wilson. This is the type of game where we have to succeed in a place where we often fail. That's why this game is so big. We have to succeed in a spot where we often fail. And that's protecting Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is going to have to do a lot of his magic and he is magical. He's shown that time and time again. But what we have to, what I'm hoping to see is that there ha, there is a, a a synergy, you know, a, a, a natural chemistry between Russell and the offensive line, to where Russell just knows the right direction to look, to jump, to to, to scoot, the right shoulder to look over at the right time. Because when they're out of sync, what happens is Russell moves the opposite direction that he should have. He looks over the opposite shoulder that he should have. When he when he spins out of what, what looks like a crumbling pocket, he spins the wrong way right into someone's face instead of the way out of trouble. That's when we're out of sync. When you, Russell Wilson sits in that pocket um, last week against San Francisco and the pocket was forming around him. He could have stepped forward to his left, to his right, straight forward, rolled out one direction or the other. But what did he do? He took a you know a, a hop step backwards, straight back. I think that was the play uh, where he found um, Doug Baldwin on the left side in the end zone. Russell Wilson has to do Russell Wilson stuff, and he has to do it in sync with the offensive line uh, because they're coming for him. They're definitely coming for him. The Vikings defense has a young man uh, by the name of Danielle Hunter. He's got 11 and a half sacks. Um, That's not a little bit. He's put the NFL on notice that he's coming after your quarterback. He does it well. Um, that's going to be the main focus, I'm guessing, of that offensive line uh, is stopping Danielle Hunter coming off the edge. Uh, Harrison Smith at the safety position, he's good. Um, always have to have to you know watch out for him. He's a great center fielder. Um, he can't be forgotten. Um, the running game of Minnesota, 
Dalvin Cook and 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 uh, Murray are both running for over four yards a carry. And the Seattle Seahawks run defense has been suspect at times this season. One of the things that we used to bank on was teams not being able to run against us. You know, our 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 front four and then the linebackers were just always good at stopping the run. And that's not the case so much anymore. We are still good at stopping the run, but we've had holes, we've had breaks, and we've been we've been gashed a few times. So Minnesota is coming in with the tools to win this game. But I don't know that they can win against Seahawk football, assuming that it's played the way it's supposed to be played. If we get out there, um, I can only imagine Monday night football, all the excitement. um, We're going to have to get and keep the crowd in it. The 12s have got to be jumping for this. We're going to need that energy in there. Not to suggest that we don't have the ability just to win the game based on our you know, abilities and merits, but it's one of those games. This is one of those games that a team that's not as good finds a way to beat a better team just because of the gravity of the game, the excitement of the game. It's big time. It's night. It's a, a, you know, a night game, Monday night prime time, all those things. So you've got to be in it all the way. Everybody's got to be in all in, including the 12s. Establishing the run in this game is going to be more important uh, than ever. And it's going to be hard to do against a tough, uh, a tough uh, Minnesota defense. But if we can get it going early, if we can get the running game going early, uh, the pass, the passing game should open up against that Minnesota secondary. Um, and if we can force Kirk Cousins to play from behind, I think we force him into uh, mistakes. Um, middle of the game and late in the game. I, I, I tend to believe that Kirk Cousins will... Uh, will press uh, if playing from behind. If we allow them to get up, which is typically what happens, and I'll and I'll you know being an ob- as objective as I can, I figure I wouldn't be surprised if we're down seven, either six or ten or even thirteen points in this game, and rally back, which is not the way I want it to be. Um but I would not be surprised if that was the case because nothing for Seattle to, to, to go down double digits and then rally back. We do it often. We do it often. There's a reason that Russell Wilson has, um, you know, one of the highest amounts of, of, of comeback victories and touchdown, uh, game winning touchdown passes, uh, of, of any quarterback in the league in over the course of a career. Because that's what we do. As long as we give give Russell Wilson a chance to win the game at the end of the game, we always got a chance, and he's made a career of it. But I can't say I wouldn't rather coast in 
you know, coast into the fourth quarter with a, you know, 17 point lead. Those are nice too. Games like last week against the 49ers, those are nice. I don't like having heartburn every Sunday or in this case, Monday, because that's what I feel like I do. I feel like I go through an emotional, you know, like an emotional roller coaster every week between between the weeks, between the months of uh, September and and January. Hopefully February. (laughs) Um, I go through an emotional roller coaster every week, once a week, with the exception of the bye week, because the Seahawks put me through it. So games like last week where we just roll over a team, it's nice to be able to just relax. So it's going to be a good one. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be hard fought. Both these teams know what's on the line. It's literally a a, a fight for the playoffs. You know, we... If you listen to the players and you listen to Pete Carroll, he'll say the kind of you know say things like, "Well, it's kind of like we're already in the playoffs, you know, because you got to win. Losing all but sends you home." Uh, but this game is really like a playoff game. I mean, just with the like I said, the gravity. Um, the winner of this game takes a huge step toward making the postseason. The loser falls out. The loser falls out. So it's going to be good. Um, and I'll get back. I'll get back on the mic here with uh, with post-game analysis. Um, I'm going to stop rambling about this one uh, here. This is the first one back. I was kind of just uh, getting on here and just, you know, talking off the off the top of the dome here. But we'll get a little bit more structured moving forward. Going to be doing uh, some around the NFL type stuff as well here. Um, I really want to talk about Kareem Hunt, but we'll save that for another time or maybe not at all, considering it's becoming old news, older news by the moment. If If there is a new development in the story that seems worth the the time I'll get on about cream hunt but anyways this is Rob English your SoCal Seahawk I want to thank you again for tuning in um the podcast is still alive still alive it was it was down for a while but don't call it a comeback let's get these Minnesota Vikings Go Hawks.